Hey guys, another podcast here for you. This is another one from one of our most recent dog bone handlers workshops. Uh, we're talking about how to build your kids into your life with your dog and staying consistent across the board, as well as the importance of consistency with your dog training. Hope you enjoy it. got one that's 13 weeks old that's off to a really good start. You'll see that over the weekend. His name is Blue. He's off to a really nice start. You know why? Because I haven't allowed a lot of bad habits to form yet. I've had him since he was, well, he, I've had him forever, but we really started doing stuff with him when he was about eight weeks old. So for only five weeks, I've had him doing stuff and doing very little. The the opportunity to be bad habits have been there, and we've tried our best to eliminate the opportunity. So Moose has some habits that, how old is Moose? 15 months. He's just 15 months, so remember that. He's just 15 months. But he also has probably 13 months of habits, and of those 13 months, some of them are good habits that have developed, and some are not so good. It takes longer to train a bad habit out than a good habit in. I'm convinced of it. It's funny because bad habits seem to happen once. Like a behavior seems to happen once that I don't like and it just doesn't go away. It sticks. That's important for us to realize, to understand, try to avoid them as, most, as best you can. Because it seems like the good habits, gosh, I really got to work at being consistent with those things to have them stick forever. Can I ask a question? Yeah. So we have four kids. Yep. Um, and I think when you're talking bad habits, how do you make it, and maybe you'll touch on this throughout the weekend, that like we're all doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, our kids are all teenagers. Yeah. So like when we're not home, they're home alone. Sure. And they're home alone with him. So like how so, do we... So the, the, right on my, right on the show, I have this thing, general rules of training. There's three bullet points. Forming habits, repetition, consistency. Consistency. So four kids have to do it the way you two have to. You two have to do it the same. Those four kids have to do it. So now we're really throwing a curveball at you because we're going, well, you can't be the only one that does it right. Because Moose, Moose's life includes you six. There can't be two sets of rules. That's not fair. It's not fair. It's also not realistic to think that a dog is going to be able to do well with two sets of rules, because they won't. So not only is it not fair, it's virtually impossible. So what do you do? The two of you are here. So that's why I like the three of you being here. It's, it's just you three that live in that house, right? So, but the three of you are influential in Tracker's life. So having Blake here to hear this stuff, Blake's a pretty sharp kid. I've, we've all noticed that, right? Blake will pick up on this stuff. And Lillian, where's Lillian? Lillian's three. Lillian can walk any one of my dogs on lead. She'll walk them around this property. She'll, she'll go up to a young dog that's taking its foot and stepping off and go, ah, 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 put that foot back up. You know, guess how she, guess how she, <laughs> 
chip off the old block. I mean, I can't believe she's not swearing a lot these days because I need to do better with that now, now that I think about it. Yeah, so, but the, the, if you have four kids involved, it adds four extra elements that have to be addressed, and they have to be on the same page, and they have to buy in on it. <laughs> Dogs are cheaper. But, but, here's, but here's the thing. There is a right way. There's a, there's, I shouldn't say a right way and a wrong way, because I don't know if there is a right way and a wrong way. There are lots of different ways to convey that message. There are effective ways, and there are less effective ways to convey the message. I have found that getting young kids buying in on the idea of this is fun. Like I have had a lot of people say, that's no fun. We didn't buy a dog for that reason. I want my kids to play with the puppy. I want the kids to play with the puppy too. But I want the puppy to respect the kids today because if they don't, in three, four months, we're going to send dogs to humane societies. So get the kids involved with the idea of training them and forming those habits that are desirable and having them understand what is undesirable, and all of a sudden kids take ownership in the idea of it and actually like it. You know how nice it is for, you know how good she feels when she walks the dogs around and they listen to her? She loves it. Now, there's different ways of motivating kids to do stuff. I can't tell you how to motivate your four, but I know that sometimes if I tell a kid how to do it, it's not real effective because all they want to do is not what I tell them to do. So you got to get creative. But, but yes, consistency is the answer. Um, so in, in this idea of avoiding the bad habit in the first place, that's having a bigger picture idea of what you want. That's having an understanding of the things to, and, and part of that is hard to expect with your first dog, because how the hell do you know what creates the bad habit? So you really have to start thinking like a dog to the idea of, I like to have this in the back of my mind. I always ask myself this question. Is that going to improve the dog to, towards our end goal? Is that going to move us towards our end goal? If it doesn't, we don't do it. So you've got to have an understanding. Again, how do you know if you don't know what your end goals are? If you realize what you're trying to work at. If I understand that my goal is to have her heal, what do I not allow her to do? Drag me down the road when she's little. Because she's just a puppy. No, she's a puppy that's thinking that that's what we're supposed to do. Make sense? Good question. All right, this leads into this perfectly. When you bring those dogs home, understanding that they're always learning. Our training doesn't happen 15 minutes a day. We don't, you can't, when, when if you, who here has kids? Raise your hand. Has had a kid in their life, okay? So if you've had a kid in your life, you're a parent. If you're a parent, you understand that when that child came home, so who here, who here has a parent? Everybody. Because I gotta have everybody buying in on this. So I know, a way, I know ways around this. If you have kids, you're in. If you are a kid and have parents, you're in this, okay? When you came home from the hospital, <laughs> I hope your parents didn't say, I work a full-time job, I got, so I got this, I got that, I got this, I got that. 15 minutes, I can, I can do this parent thing. I got 15 minutes when I get back home. We'll be a parent for 15 minutes a night. Like, you know how many people tell me, 
I work with the dog. I got 15 minutes a night. When I get back home, I set aside that training and I go and I work with the dog. Or I don't have time to do it during the week, but on Saturdays, I got a block of about three hours. So for, from Saturday from nine to noon, I'll train the dog. And they think that that's going to work. When I came home, when she came home from the hospital, Steph and I couldn't set aside 15 minutes a day to raise her. It became constant. It's, she's learning stuff all the time. It's not like, hey, Lillian, don't pay attention to what's going on right now. This isn't time for you to grow up. I'll let you know when you can learn. I'm not going to set that time aside to teach you stuff. Instead, we're teaching her stuff all the time, constantly. Your parents, everyone around you did that. When I bring a dog into our house, I don't set aside time to train. I build training into everything we do. And then the beauty of it is, is they get more repetition and consistency. And maybe more importantly is, it doesn't take any extra time. I don't have to set time aside to train the dog. Now, I enjoy training the dog, so I do set time aside. But I don't have to, and I can develop a really nice dog without training time. Because training time is all the time. So if you got to go to the mailbox, you get an opportunity. Hell, I can work a dog on heel work. I can tell them to sit and stay, and I can walk to the mailbox, and then I can come back and get them, and I can heal them back. And with my quartering dogs, I can let them quarter as long as they recall. And if they don't recall, I put them on a lead, and I can do a reverse heel. And if they don't reverse heel, I can put them on a check cord. And if, I don't, if they don't do that, I really shouldn't be taking them down to the mailbox. Instead, I should back up and go, well, what, do I, what can I do in the house? When, when I'm watching TV in the evening, I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm going to go in the hallway, and I'm going to make couple little recalls with her there. I got to feed the dog twice a day so I could get the dog to come to me and put the ball of food down. And now the dog understands, come to me and get the food. None of that took time to train. It was stuff I had to do anyway. I mean, you got to feed the dog. So yeah, that's extra time. But if you don't have time to feed them, you shouldn't have one. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is you can train the dog an awful lot without even setting time aside to train. But you have to get creative. You have to think about how to build. So everything you do, build in training and watch how good your dogs will get because it's that consistency factor just goes through the roof. So understanding that we're not gonna schedule life around training dogs, we're gonna build training dogs into the schedule of our life is the best time saver out there and it's the most effective way to turn a dog out consistently. Because we're back to that word again, consistency.